You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. Welcome to our fifth episode in this series, Civil War, Which Side Are You On? Today, what side will you be on tomorrow, and what about your future? In episode four, we looked at the first three of six lessons that support respectful lifestyle. In this episode, we'll look at lessons four, five, and six. These lessons are summarized from my book, Restoring Civility, Lessons from the Master. Let's begin with lesson number four. There are four ways to build respect in yourself and in others. Respect travels in vehicles, not like cars or trains or boats, but in vehicles that carry respect. And the first one, number one, is vision. When you cast vision, when you see into the future, When you cast an idea that will bring people to action, and if it's for an improved future, people catch it, and that becomes part of them. They develop ownership. Vision is powerful. Number two, under the vehicles that respect travels, is values. When you demonstrate what is important and what really matters, it rubs off on those around you. Not everybody. Some will catch it. Some won't. No matter what you do, if they're not receptive, you can't change that. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to live your values, project your values, demonstrate your values, And let people know what matters, what is important to you. The third vehicle is vocabulary. What you say, not just what you say, but how you say it is important. What you choose not to articulate. All of these things reflect who you are and who you are infects other people, for good or for bad. Vocabulary is powerful. And the fourth vehicle is the vehicle of vehicles. And this is huge. It's basically saying, what vehicles do you choose to project who you are? By this I mean, do you want to use a handwritten note card? Sometimes that's the right thing to do. Other times, it might be an email. On other occasions, it might call for just a simple text on your phone or the use of Instagram. There are occasions when your influence requires a phone call which is much better maybe than writing for that particular occasion. 
The most influential approach requires in-person, face-to-face. It is useful when the issues are sensitive. But we have all these different vehicles. And in our electronic world, those vehicles continue to multiply, which means you need to be discerning. Don't just mimic the vehicle that somebody used to communicate to you and therefore communicate back to them. You are not required to do that. Stop and think which vehicle will carry the message the best based on the circumstances and the content. If you are an impactful master of civility, you will become masterful in the use of these four valuable modes of influence, vision, values, vocabulary, and vehicles. One of the vehicles I use to help others, for example, is a bi-monthly newsletter called the Church Doctor Report. It's free, and you can get it at churchdoctor.org. It's a bi-monthly, and it comes out six times a year. And the Church Doctor Report I did as the book was being released for Restoring Civility I wrote the Church Doctor Report for January, February 2020. In that issue, the title is The Decline of Respect, What It Means for Your Church. If that's interesting and helpful to you, you're welcome to get it. Or you can subscribe for the free bi-monthly newsletter, The Church Doctor Report. Just check it out at churchdoctor.org. Now let's go to lesson number five. One of my favorites, the power of story. Jesus was a master storyteller. He told stories one right after the other. Some people call them parables. They're just stories. They're powerful stories. Well, you have powerful stories as well, and you can tell them. Your positive stories can change a toxic atmosphere. What do good parents do with their young children? They read them stories. Those stories reflect culture's values, beliefs, attitudes, priorities, and worldviews. And as they tell the story, stories entertain. That means they engage at a whole, powerful, unique level. When I was young, I went to Sunday school. What happens in Sunday school? Teachers teach Bible stories. Stories are powerful tools. How did Jesus disciple the twelve? He infected them with kingdom culture. How did he do it? He used stories to reflect great truths. When Jesus multiplied his movement, he challenged centuries of his followers to be witnesses. What does that mean? Well, he called Christ's 
followers to share their God stories. Has God made any difference in your life? Has God intervened in your life in some way? Do you have a story to tell? That's what it means to witness, to share your God stories. So if you know someone who is not a believer and you want to share with them about your faith, you don't pull out a Bible and read Bible verses, not at first. That comes later. At first, you're an eyewitness. You believe in this Jesus because Jesus has done something in your life. Well, tell your stories. Tell your God stories. That's what God stories are all about. Lesson number six. The art of respectful communication. That is, all about the way you communicate can become a powerful engine to multiply respect. You will either enhance civility or you will foster disrespect by what you communicate, but also by how you communicate. Actually, there are six dimensions of respectful communication, and these are summarized again from the book, Restoring Civility. Dimension number one. The first dimension is what you say. Choose your words carefully so you won't have to eat them. <laughs> That's an old proverb somebody said. Dimension number two is how you say it. Not just what you say, but how you say it. Do you and are you a person that adds clarity or confusion? Do you or are you a person who adds respect or disrespect? Either your part of the solution or your part of the problem. The problem is disrespect. The solution is respect. In Proverbs 15, verse 1, it says, A gentle response diffuses anger, but a sharp tongue kindles a temper fire. Isn't that the truth? Dimension number three is often overlooked. Dimension number three is timing. Timing is really important. Remember the old proverb said by people who play cards? You need to know when to hold them and need to know when to fold them. <laughs> timing is really important and how you react. Sometimes it's just important to wait. You know, there is a time to speak up, and there is a time to keep your mouth shut. Even though you have something to say, even there's something you want to say, stop and think, is this the best time to say what I need to say? You know, in conversations... Even heated conversations, you have a choice. Are you going to be proactive 
or are you going to be reactive? A lot of times when we are under stress and there are sensitive issues, we lose our administrative strength to be proactive and end up being reactive, and that is a downward spiral every single time. It's a discipline. Timing is a learned discipline. Dimension number four, choose the medium. The medium is part of your message. Take charge when the discussion becomes emotional. When you're in an emotional situation, don't ever use email. At the other end of the extreme, in person is best for emotional issues. You know why? When you're there in person, the communication is a whole lot more than just the material. The other person can hear your tone of voice. And that can't happen with an email or a text or a letter. When it's sensitive, people can observe your body language, whether you have a smile on your face or whether you are serious or whether you have your hands on your hips, or whether you're pointing a finger at someone. It's all body language. If you put a hand on their shoulder, it's a message that you want to solve whatever the challenge is. Your phone becomes the second best when you can't be there personally. But when the issues are charged with emotion, you're going to lose that body language. You know, a personal story, sometimes called a testimony, is also a medium. Like we were talking earlier about God's stories. They provide personal credibility because you're saying, I was there. It happened to me. It was a personal experience. I'm not making it up. It's not theory. This is part of my life. This is what happened. Dimension number five. The length of your communication. This is an important dimension for preachers, politicians, authors of books, and sometimes people who record podcasts. <laughs> your length of communication should fit the subject but it also should fit the target audience. In fact, that's why this podcast has five episodes. If it was all one episode, you'd have been lost a long time ago. So all of those issues of length are important and should fit the audience. You know, some Christian parents think they need to take their little kids to a worship service with them. The challenge is that a child's attention span doesn't fit 
the level of comprehension of a sermon. Some people object and they say, well, we want our family to worship together. That's a laudable commitment. And I support it. It's a great idea. There's a great missionary axiom that goes like this. The more mature Christian should always subordinate his or her preferences to that of the less mature believer. So if you have little children and you're an adult parent, rather than making the children sit through a worship service where the chairs don't fit their body, the time frame doesn't fit their attention span, the language doesn't fit their vocabulary, as a mature Christian, if you want your family to worship together, then go with your children to children's church and sit there on the floor with them because that's what missionaries do. I really believe that many parents have forced their little children to go to church only to discover years later that their adult children have left the church forever. That's happened a lot in the recent generation. Dimension number six, the use of story. We've talked about story a lot. And this is another dimension of this. If you're over 30 years old, your life experiences include hundreds, if not thousands, of stories. Some of your stories are positive reinforcement to support communication. Some of your stories are warnings of what not to do based on your experience. Sometimes we like to hide the things that we did that were mistakes in life. But some people need to learn from our mistakes as much as they need to learn from our victories. Some of your stories are warnings that other people should hear. And we should learn from one another. Your real life stories are valuable lessons in your toolbox of respectful communication. As we begin to wrap up this episode and this series of episodes, I just want to say your life is important. Don't ever think otherwise. How you live your life impacts this world. Don't ever think that it doesn't. Whether you know it or not, you contribute to the future of all of those around you and our world in general. You influence others for good or for bad. There's no in-between. For civility or for disrespect, there's no other option. So, no matter who you are, 
no matter what you do, you will either elevate respect and leave those around you better, or you will drain people with disrespect. This is your choice, and it's huge. You will either add value to the lives of others, or you will suck value, subtract value from the lives of others. There's nothing neutral about your influence at all. It'll either be positive or it will become negative. Don't be fooled. Civility is non-negotiable. This isn't something you can just excuse, let go, forget about, relegate to the level of unimportance. Our civilization depends on your civility. Honestly, I must confess, I am very grateful for the hundreds of hours of research that I had to had the chance to invest for the writing of the book, Restoring Civility, Lessons from the Master, the Master, of course, being Jesus. My prayer is that that book and this podcast will help you on your journey to rediscover at a whole new level respect. We need this. If there's a future to your family, they need this. If there's a good future to your church, it needs this. If there's a positive future for our nation, you need to do this. You need to become this. You need to be this civil person, this respectful person, a beacon of respect. My prayer is that this podcast and the book and perhaps some of the resources that are available like email mania free of charge or like the church doctor report that all of these things will be for many people an opportunity to grow to be more like Jesus to be influencers for civility, for respect, for polite in a world that desperately needs it. My prayer for you is that you will be one of those people who make a difference, that you will be the difference this world desperately needs. God bless you. You have been listening to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. 
If you've liked this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Ken Tunter's new book, Restoring Civility, Lessons from the Master, available at Amazon.com.